You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Isn't it great to be in the house of our God? Why did you give Him praise this morning? I just love it that, that, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, well, actually, Jesus said, I'm going to go, but then I'm going to come and I'm going to give a comforter. I'm going to give a God. His name is the Holy Spirit. Why don't you be seated and say um, hello to somebody as you sit down? You know, we've been talking about um, the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, God has been directing it. We have been seeing some amazing things. We've seen miracles happen. Um, and this morning, we have an amazing couple with us today, Pastors Gordon and Joe Moore. And before they just come up, I just want to honor them. You know, they have been with, with us as our overseers for probably 10 years. And, but it's more than that. They're our friends. They're friends to people who've gotten to know them. They're friends to our leadership. They're friends, personal friends to Keith and I. And, you know, when you go through great times, it's always great to be able to share with someone who's in the same boat. And when you have struggles, it's good to know you can, you can call and they can encourage and pick you up. Well, that is what we have found over the years with Pastors Gordon and Joe. And I just, you know, everybody, I would, I know you've just sat down, but you know what? I want you to stand up as we welcome them this morning. Pastors Gordon and Joe, we just honor you this morning. We thank God for you. We thank you. You are amazing, amazing couple. And we just, you're going to enjoy, you're going to enjoy them. They're just such a godly couple. And, and um, you know what I love? You know, they have, I mean, they have technically retired, but you know what? I love what you said to me last year. You said, we haven't retired, just things look different. <laughs> and I like that, because that's faith. Um, yeah, so why don't you be seated? Pastor Joe, would you like to? <laughs> Isn't she just gorgeous? <laughs> we love your pastors, Pastor Keith and Janet. And it's been an incredible privilege to oversee them and oversee this church. And, you know, just to watch things happen over the years, it's amazing. And, you know, we just love it. But you know what? We love our God. Who knows that God is a God of miracles. That's right. That's he right. is a good That's God. Right. And you know what? Um, I just want to share a little story. Can I just share a little story? Years ago, um, I felt the Holy Spirit come to me and say, Pastor Joe, I want you to pray for five women in our church that couldn't have children and or five couples, but five women in particular. And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, I want you to intercede for them because um, they are tired in the battle. And they've been trying. And one girl had been trying for 13 years. And every month there was a disappointment and tears and discouragement. And another had been trying for five years. And another one, um, I can't remember how long. Another one had had two boys, but she wanted a little girl. And she'd been believing for this little girl and had miscarriage after miscarriage. And 
she was so discouraged and depleted in her heart, but her husband went and got an operation and said, it's all done, we're all done. And so I started praying and thinking, oh, this is easy. I'll just pray every week. I'm going to give up my Saturday afternoon and just pray for these girls and intercede for them. Well, as I was praying, I never believed what I was going to encounter. I got an incredible full-on attack from the enemy. A demon came upon me. It was a demon of fear, and it tried to discourage me and take me out. And so much so that we went on long service leave and I ended up in two hospitals um, with a heart complaint. I had terrible pains in the chest, pains down my arm. And, um, you know, this demon was just attacking me and wouldn't leave. And I was praying and I had others praying. And, but I was determined. I knew what it was. I knew it was about Amen. these girls. Right. And I was determined to keep going, to push through, to see their breakthrough. And um, to do and obey what God had asked me to do. And so finally, um, after uh, we arrived in Paris, and, and well, actually, I went to three hospitals. Uh, we arrived in Paris, she and we rang up this, the, <laughs> our insurance, and they said, well, we are not going to cover you anymore, and we do not want you to fly back to or fly anywhere um, until you've gone into hospital and you've got a fit to fly. And so I had to go, ended up in Paris's intensive care, and um, they had monitors on me, and they said, well, we won't let you, we won't give you a fit to fly unless we do an angiogram to make sure your heart is okay. And so this all happened. I was in intensive care for four days, and this, the top cardiologist for Europe, well, I was under him. It was just a miracle, because he was in there seeing an American patient, and he said, oh, look, I'll take this one on too. And so I got his care, under his care. And um, so he did this angiogram and he said to me, you know what, you've got a heart of a 20-year-old. And wow. I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I went back to intensive care and they thank wired you. me all up again. And, um, and, and anyway, I just spoke to this demon. I said, there you go. You're a demon of fear. Get off my life. Get off these girls' lives. And you know what? We went home. We traveled around a bit further uh, around Europe on our long service leave. We came home, and the next month, the first girl fell pregnant. The next, um, I think, two months later, the next girl fell pregnant. Three months later, the third girl fell pregnant. May, um, it was five months later, the fourth girl that had been trying for two years, been on IVF for two years, and um, the doctor said, this is it. She said, this is it, I can't do IVF anymore. Um, If God doesn't want me to have a baby, well then he's got something else for me to do amongst her tears and sadness. But she got a miracle and the funny thing is, God showed me she was pregnant before he showed her, before she knew. And the incredible thing is the girl that had been waiting for 13 years fell pregnant a year later. But that's not the finish of the story. But this girl that was um, uh, trying to, she wanted a little girl, 
but her husband had the operation. She started feeling sick and she was wondering what on earth was the trouble. And um, after a while she thought, oh, I need to go and see the doctor. And she was pregnant with a little baby girl. So there, God is a God of miracles, amen? And you know, every single one of those have gone on to have further children and it's pretty exciting. So we just love that. I'm telling you that story just to encourage those ones that um, have been, you know, trying to fall pregnant. God is for you. He is not against you. That's Amen. Right. That's right. He's good God. Yeah, fantastic. Sorry, honey, Thank you, I've honey. used up your time. No, that's okay. Good stuff, baby. Hey, it's so good to be here. Thank you, uh, Pastor Janet and Pastor Keith, who, of course, is preaching at the other uh, campus this morning. It is so good to be back with you. And uh, what a privilege it is to be able to serve God. Who believes that? You believe it's a privilege? It's an honor to serve God. And today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and live in the Holy Spirit. Um, But in keeping with what's happening, I wanna pray for a few needs. And uh, it looks like the meeting, if you're in here today, you go, what's going on? Well, we're doing God's agenda, okay? And and we've got to have miracles, okay? Um, I was brought up in a church, and we called it the 60-minute grind. And we could count everything for the hour. We used to have stopwatches, and we'd do the introduction, and then the hymn, and then this, and then that. But we're not going to do that today. We're not going to have a grind. We're going to have some miracles, right? Because we're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit and then not be open to Him and see the Holy Spirit move. I'm going to share a few thoughts. And then at the end of the service, if you don't know God, maybe you're away from God, you've come here today. Maybe you did walk with God, but you haven't uh, been close to Him. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the meeting to know Him. Isn't that good? Fantastic. Thank you, musicians. You've done a good job. Let's give them a big hand. They do an awesome job. Oh man, how exciting to be in the presence of God. But I want to pray for a few few things today. And uh, just help me here. I see stuff and and I just move out. And it's amazing. We've seen incredible miracles happen um, as we just obey the Lord and do this. But I'd like to pray for people I felt this morning in the meeting as I was worshiping. Isaiah came to me, Isaiah 53, and it said this, He has taken our pains. He has taken our pains. And I felt the Lord say to me, pray for people this morning that have pain in their body. I've had several encounters with that. My wife tells me it's nothing compared to having a baby. (laughs) But as a male, I have had pain. And um, I know what it's like to have it in your bones. And, and I had a neurology problem once, and it was just shocking. It was terrible. And, you know, it says in the Scriptures, it says, He's taken our sins. But it says here in Isaiah, He's taken our pains, it says in the Hebrew. It's a fantastic idea. And I just feel this morning to pray for you if you have pain in your body. It could be in your hip, it could be in your head, it could be in your heart, your chest. You've, you've got constant pain. Uh, some of people here today will be on medication. You took your medication before you came to church because you've got pain in your body. And I'm going to believe God for your miracle with you that the pain will go away and you will live painless. Amen. 
I also want to pray for people. I'm not a medical person, so I just, I just pray for things that I see. The only way I can describe this is it's a muscular condition where you um, have spasms in your muscles. You get cramps a lot, and there might be various reasons for it. But some people in particular I thought of, it's like your muscles, say, in your arm are shredded or they, they, they're not tight together and you get these um, cramps and pains and I want to pray for you, okay? It could be in your legs, it could be in your back, your arms. I want to pray for that. And the other thing I want to pray for this morning, because I know it's a big thing um, and I've been praying for this quite a bit this year. God's laid it on my heart and we've seen so many miracles in this area. I want to pray for people that have chemical imbalances in your body. It could be low iron. It could be low testosterone. It could be low sugar, it could, high sugar. It, could, it, it just imbalances in your chemical makeup. And some days... You just feel sick all over. That's, what, that's how you feel when these things are depleted. Some of you may be on medication getting treatment for it. Some of you may be struggling with it. But I know God can touch you and heal you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. If you have one of those conditions or you have another condition that you'd like prayer for, it's not limited to this, but in specifically if you have one of those three conditions, why don't you raise your hand right now? Let me just see you. You look all over the place. We're going to all stand together, and I want you to come, and I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to believe for your miracle. Everyone, just stand together. Let's turn this into a prayer meeting. Can we do that? Just into a prayer meeting for a while. You've got pain. You've got this muscular problem. You, you have a chemical imbalance. Come. All those people that raise their hands, just come, sir. Yeah, come. Come. Just come to the front. Wow, look at this. Wow. 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 Just give me enough room to move down the middle there. If you just slightly back. Sorry, the people in the front, if you get squashed a bit, that's okay. Just come forward fitless. You know, when I retired a year ago, I remember asking the Lord, what should I do? Now, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do my hobbies. And I wanted to go and do some things that I hadn't been able to do, and I knew I wanted to do that. And one day I was talking to the Lord, and I'm sharing this, that this might give you faith right now. Because I'm totally confident right now, there's a host of miracles here this morning. I can feel it in my faith. And the Lord spoke to me one day, and he said this, I think I was riding on the bike, and I was talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, what would you have me do? What is it going to look like? And this is what he said to me, return to your first love. I thought, oh, I'm not backslidden. You know, if I've got a problem. And then he said this, it came straight after. He said, return and do what you did at the first. And I saw it as well. Do you know how I started out as a 22-year-old, 24-year-old preaching? I started out praying for the sick and believing for miracles and helping unchurched people find the Lord. And that's what we've been doing over the last year. I've really ramped it up like this. And I just take time. I'm unapologetic about it. And I just take time in the meeting 
to help you get your miracle. And you're going to walk away from here this morning, I'm telling you, with a miracle in your faith. Now, let me say something to you, and it might sound odd, but I want you to hear, hear me. You don't get healed in your body. You get healed in your faith, and you give it to your body. Now, I'm, this, is, this is incredible. You, you don't get healed in your body. You get healed in your faith, and you give it to your body. Now, the little woman in Mark 5 that had a condition for 14 years decided she was healed long before Jesus healed her when she touched him. For the Bible says she kept saying within herself, when I touch him, I will be healed. Now, Bible theology and, and so forth, they tell us we don't know whether that was a week, a month, a year. Maybe it might have been from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, three years before she heard about him, and she went, I could get, I could get healed by him. Well, if he comes to my town, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to push through that thing and I'm going to touch him. I'm not even going to invite him. I'm, I'm going to grab him. I'm going to take me. Now, that's faith. She got healed in her faith long before she got healed in her body. Why am I saying this? This is very important because this is how I used to pray. God, this pain here, heal me. Then I'd go, is it healed yet? Oh, it's still sore. Oh, it didn't work. So that's not faith. I'm, I'm looking for the healing physically, but this is not physical healing per se. What we're talking about here is divine healing by faith. Are you, are you with me here? God does not answer need because if he answered need, there'd be no needs. He answers faith. And there's always need, but what need does is it creates a gap between my reality and the miracle. And that gap is always faith. Am I helping you here this morning? So I'm not going to pray with you or prophesy over you or do much. All I'm going to come is touch you. Because this is what happens. Every person, bar a few in the Bible and in my experience, has to locate a point of contact. You believe in your heart, you pray, but there must be a point of contact. This altar call right now is your point of contact. I'm going to get you to close your eyes and pray something after me, and then I'm going to come and touch you. Make my touch your point of contact. When he touches me, that's when I'm going to get healed. But remember, not in your body, in your faith. Some of you will be healed instantly when you do that. The moment I touch you and you believe, some here are going to go, wow, the pain's gone right away. Others will be this afternoon. It might be tomorrow morning when you wake up. Look what my darling wife just shared. One lady, it took a year for her to actually get pregnant. from, But she knew she had a child and a little girl more than a year before. She, am I helping anybody here this morning? God creates the seen things out of the invisible, out of things that aren't seen. See, this is faith language. Is this helping anybody here this morning? Who believes in a miracle work in God? Amen. Isn't God good? Come on, let's give him thanks. He's so good. You can be seated. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. We'll have you back later, eh? That's good. Who's feeling good this morning? You feeling good? Fantastic. I've got 15 minutes. Here we go. That's great. We'll stick to time. That's okay. My pastor told me when I started preaching, he said, brevity is very important in preaching. He said, if you preach for more than 10 minutes and you haven't struck oil, quit boring. <laughs> oh, it's good. That's a very great moment right there. You can feel miracles. It's awesome. It's awesome. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for a few moments. And I want to read from Acts chapter 1. And verse 8, and I know you're talking about the Holy Spirit this month, and you've been talking about being filled with the Word, be filled with the Spirit. That's the great combination, being filled with the Word and being filled with the Spirit. If you have too much of the Word, you'll dry up. If you have too much of the Spirit, you'll blow up. But if you have both together, you'll grow up. It's the balance, and you know, we're not saying you can have not too much of the Bible, but you hear what I'm saying here. But I think people can be so word-focused and so principle-focused and so structured, they just dry up. But we need to be careful that we're not just so phantom-like. We're not just all mystical and, and feeling and subjective and spiritual-centered, and then we just become weird. But if we can have the Word living in us, be filled with the Word, it says. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. And it says, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And we can get both. We're going to grow up. Amen. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to Newcastle. Because Newcastle is the outermost parts, right? Well, I came from Wellington, New Zealand. People reckon that was. You shall receive power. Power is an interesting word. When I grew up in the Pentecostal world, uh, when, as a young boy, I got saved. I came from a non-Christian background. I was a, actually, basically, I was a pagan um, I, we never went to church. I never had church, Bible, nothing. I, I knew about Jesus because his name was mentioned quite a few times around my house, especially when my grandfather hit his thumb. Um, and I knew that God was almighty. Anyway, I won't go there. But when I got saved and, and came to the Holy Spirit in the Jesus movement in the late 60s, last, year, last week actually was my 50th birthday. On the 14th, or it was just over a week ago, on the 14th of April in 1968, that's when I found Christ. And I've been walking with God for 50 years. And I got born into revival, baby. We, we got born into this move of God. And I recognize now as I look back, you don't always know you're in a revival. But I recognize now I've probably been in about nine or ten moves of God or revivals over the 50 years I've been walking with God. There seems to be something about every 10 years, something fresh comes. God does something new. He's always reviving and doing something new. But I used to think that noise was power. 
I used to think the louder you prayed and the louder you shouted, and if you turn the volume right up, then that was power. And it is. It's a form of power. It's called noise. But this word here, dunamis or power, in Acts 1 is an interesting word. It's the Greek word dunamis, power, from which we get several English derivative words. From that word dunamis, if you anglicize it, you get a word like dynamite. Now, when I first was brought up in the Pentecostal world, I used to love dynamite. Now, I've never done this, and there may be people here that may have, but they say fishing with dynamite's awesome. (laughs) You just go to, say, a river, and you throw dynamite in it, and and the fish will float to the top, and you scoop it all out. Put them in your bag, and you go home. None of us standing there for hours with this fly and this worm. and You just blow them up and take them out. Now, you see, I think sometimes in the Christian world, we just want dynamite. I've heard it for years. There's going to be a massive revival that's going to sweep the world, and God's going to blow up this world, and millions of people are going to come into our churches, and our churches are going to be filled overnight. I've never seen it happen. I've been doing this for 50 years, and I've got a PhD in church history. Trust me, it didn't even happen in the Acts of the Apostles. If you go to Ephesus, the greatest church, it started with 12 people getting saved. But it became thousands. Does dynamite happen? Yes. Yes, I've been in dynamite moments. I remember once praying for probably about a hundred people in a row, deaf people, and they all got uh, healed. I remember once praying for a little crippled child who hadn't walked from birth, and I prayed, and the mother was over there, and I was over the side of the stage, and I asked the mother to come over here, and she stood, and her father held the little kid like this, this little kid, And I commanded the child to walk and got the mother to call it. And that little child got up and ran across the stage to the mother. I'm telling you, that was a dynamite moment. Thousands of people came to Christ. Because people just go, wow. It was obvious. It was a dynamite moment. But what I've discovered, you can't live with dynamite 24-7. And sometimes Christians and preachers and and churches can think like that. We're going to do this program and the whole world's going to come to Jesus. We pray for some people and they don't get healed. We, we, We witness to our friends and they don't always, always get saved. And yet in that moment, after that little child ran, I was in that moment, people began running to receive Christ. It was a dynamite and praise God for them. There are dynamite moments, and I've seen them over the last 50 years. But there's another word that comes from the word dunamis or power, and it's another English word, and it's the word dynamo. Now, let me ask you a question. Who knows what a dynamo is? Even a bigger question, who had one? Yeah, there's quite a few older people that put their hand up there. Dynamo is that little contraption that you put on the fork of your bicycle, and it's got a clip, and you click it, 
and it goes like this, and there's a little wheel that spins against the rubber of the tire, and as you ride your bike, the rubber of the wheel going like this turns that, and you produce power. Have a guess what I've discovered most of my Christian life is dynamo, not dynamite. Sometimes as a pastor, I would have liked some dynamite. Just to solve people's problems. You know, people that have problems all the time. They go, go, why, why don't you just obey God? You go, God, can I have some dynamite? Just and fix it. But it doesn't often happen like that. Do you know what I find? A lot of time, the power of God works through dynamo. In other words, as I, I take steps of obedience, God works in me and through what I do. So as I give, as I walk for cap, people say, what am I going to do that for? Well, as we do things, as I serve on the door, as I turn up every week and play in the band or teach or lead youth or work in a small group, I open my home, I come home at night and I don't feel like running a small group, but I go, I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> and I begin to step out. Have a guess what happens? The dynamo starts happening and the lights come on and God, uh, is this helping anybody here this morning? See, if you wait for dynamite, you might have to wait 10 years. But if tomorrow morning when you go to work, you take an extra coffee or a bit of cake and do an act of kindness to an unchurched friend, you'll get some dynamo happening. But it's not until we go that the dynamo doesn't work. You see what I mean? But here's another thing. The faster you go, the brighter the light. It's really interesting, isn't it? When you stop, the light stops. And dynamo. God acting as we act. But you know there's a third meaning of the word power that I want to leave with us this morning. It's the word dynamic. Isn't that interesting? So you've got dynamite. A miraculous instant. Everything happens. Dynamo, me gradually doing things and generating power. But there's also dynamic. Dynamite is explosive. Dynamo is energy or energetic. But dynamic is empowerment. I've got the feeling this is the probably the idea that the scriptures are trying to get across here. Because when I look at the word and I dig down into the meaning of dunamis, it uses words like ability, strength, might. And it's linked to gifts. And so we become gifted people. We become people who have enablements. We're empowered to do something. Here's what I believe. Finding your gift is not an optional extra. It's actually quite critical. But now, you're with me here because I've got a few minutes and I've got to get this across. Okay, okay. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that was the first time that you were filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, that's the every time you're filled with the Holy Spirit... But when you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, that is for a time or a season. 
And this is what I've found in the church as I've tried on my journey. I find many people get baptized in the Spirit, but they don't necessarily get, continue being filled. I find there's many Christians that are baptized and they know how to be filled and go to a conference and be in a meeting and, oh, wow, God fills me again, but they haven't found their anointing. So we need to be baptized, we need to be filled, but we need to find our anointing. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, and he lists seven things that God had called him to do. I want to ask you a question this morning, Christian. Have you found your because, your sweet spot? Well, it starts by being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we continue by being filled with the Holy Spirit every day that we might walk into our because. And we find what we're anointed to do. We pastored our church for 30 years. We started with seven people. And when we handed over, it had a multi-million dollar campus to over 2,000 members, missionary church, blah, 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 blah. People said, was it difficult? Do you know the truth? It was actually quite easy because God did it. <laughs> I constantly went, when did I go right? And we had fun along the way. Isn't that amazing? Were there tough times? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can, but I'm not going to bore you and make you cry. <laughs> Worse, I'll begin to cry. Yeah, there's always tough times. There's, it's, you know, some people say life isn't a bed of roses. Yes, it is. There's beautiful petals and there's thorns. <laughs> and we've got to learn how to cope with both. But, but what the point I'm trying to make is when we handed our church over, I can, re I can remember the grace to do that lifted off me. You might be a business person. People say, well, what, what's the anointing in that? Well, you need to be an anointed business person. If you're a nurse, you need to be a, an anointed nurse. Oh, no, it's just my job. No, never think like that. Always think about your because. You, you, the Spirit of the Lord is on you because you're not an accident going somewhere to happen. You've been saved, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've been filled with the Spirit. Why? Hallelujah. We can hold hands, kumbaya. We can shake. That's great. I love all that stuff. It's awesome. Bring it on. I'm into it. But what's my because? Why has God anointed me? He's anointed you with a cause. It could be business. It could be teaching. It could be serving. It could be music. It could be to be a doctor, a parent. We, we've got to find the anointing. Now, let, let, me, let me just finish here because I've, I've run out of time. You know, we emphasize out of the nine gifts in Corinthians, we emphasize the last six. I hear very few people, I'm being guilty as ever, of not teaching on the first three. But the first three are there because they're the first three. <laughs> but we talk about prophecy and deliverance and healing, miracles and encouragement and this and that and the other. What about the first three? Have you ever thought about that? What are the first three? Wisdom, knowledge, faith. If you have one or all of those, man, can you imagine how better a prophet you'd be? 
Because just because you have the gift of prophecy doesn't mean you're smart. I'm a leader. I've been a leader for years. I, I recognize God gifted me with a gift of leadership. Just people followed me. I don't know why. I was never a leader before I became filled with the Holy Spirit. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I found people listened to me. Never, no one ever listened to me when I was, before I was filled. <laughs> Possibly I couldn't speak properly. But that's true. I had, a, I had a speech impediment. And when the Holy Spirit touched me, he healed me instantly when I spoke in tongues. I was set free. I went to speech therapy and everything. How now, brown cow? Had to say that like a hundred times, you know. The rain in Spain. We've got to find our because. But as a leader, yes, I've got the gift of, I'm a leader. Follow me. I'm leader. No, no, you know what we need before leadership? Some wisdom and some faith. I'm praying now for business people all over the world. I pray for those one, I say, if you want, can you get all three awesome? If you can get one, even better. But just imagine business people with wisdom, knowledge, and faith as their gifts to help them in their because. Whoa, man. But isn't the Bible full of people like that? Like Joseph? You wouldn't say he was a dummy, would you? Daniel he said, no one is as wise as you. And he knew everything. He knew languages. They said, what's that on the wall? Ah, oh, many, many ticking of us and you found the balance and found one. He knew everything. So who is this guy? He was anointed for a great purpose. I want you to bow your heads in the presence of God. Father God, I'm asking you today to bring us to a new level of being filled with your presence, filled with your spirit. Touch us wherever we are. Help us never to limit your anointing and your filling and your empowerment to just a church meeting. But may we see that you've empowered us to live great lives both in church, at home, at school, at university, at work, wherever we go, that you will be with us, that we would walk a spirit-filled life, a word-filled life, a life full of love and hope. Father, I pray this morning that you would touch all of us afresh and fill our minds with fresh revelation and lift us to a whole new level that you may be glorified through us as we live spirit-empowered lives every day. You know, friends, while we're in this meeting and I bring it to a close, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you don't know the Lord, or maybe you're away from him, you've slipped, you've found things drift, why don't you come back this morning? Why don't you say yes to him for the first time? You might even say to me, Gordon, you know what, I've been in the church all my life, but you've never actually committed your life to Christ. You've never invited him to run the show. You've always been the boss. You've always run your life. Well, today, I want to just take a, a minute here and give you an invitation to make Jesus Lord. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you're coming back. If that's you, 
God asks us to do two things. It's called faith. He asks us to decide. He doesn't ask us to do anything. He doesn't ask us to save ourselves. He doesn't ask us to get, live a nice life or be better. No, you can't do anything to be saved. You only do these two things. You decide. You say, yes, Lord, I accept your gift of salvation. Then he asks us to confess. He said, whoever confesses me before the Father, before men rather, I will confess before the Father. And God asks us then to begin to confess it with our words first and with our actions following that. We just live a life of confessing what God has given us. And if you've decided this morning that you need the Lord, maybe you're away from him, maybe you've never received him, but today you're coming back and you're saying yes to Jesus, and you've decided, well, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want to invite you to confess it before God right now and raise your hand up right where you are. Just slip it up boldly right where you are. Just slip it up and just say, Gordon, that's me. Will you include me in a prayer? I need God in my life. I need to come back to God. I need to give my life to him for the first time. I'm looking over to my left very quickly. Is there anybody? Through the center, down the front, up the back. Anybody, just say yes. You've decided that now you want to say yes to the Lord. Over to my right, is there anybody? Very quickly. Thank you very much. Hey, look at me. Just a couple of things that pastors asked me to do. I bought several of my books here. I've only spoken for like 15, 20 minutes on the Holy Spirit. That's why I wrote this book. Yes, Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? I, I just love this book. It's one of my favorites. It's so simple, but it just goes through all these things that I've been talking about, how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how to find your because. It's all there. There's copies available. And then just last year, I finished this book. It's kind of like my life message. And basically, that's why I called it Ascent. Because I believe the Christian life is an upward progressive journey. And this book is written as a devotional that you can read a chapter each day and there's notes at the end of it and actions and stuff. And you can read it. And what it is, it takes us through the 15 Psalms of Ascent. They were put together to show us 15 steps that we need to take to continue to progress in God. And I know you'll love it. Um, this has been just a great uh, help to many people. So they're available, those two books. You can get a hold of them outside when you have coffee. It's been so good being here, Pastor. And I just know, look, I want to encourage you as a church. Dear friends, this is what I've discovered after 50 years. Cities can change. Methods can be different. Personalities can vary. But if we can find the dunamis of the Holy Spirit, if we can all be empowered, not just those on the platform, but all of us be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, it will change our lives. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.